Yo, 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 what up? And welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. This is your cover perspective into... I was going to try to say it in French, but I haven't mastered that yet. Oh, come on. I want to hear it, please. She says it's so great in the movie. And it's like so sensual, too. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't... Shit. I really want to get it. Pua. For somebody who sucks at accents, that was pretty damn good. He's good at saying croissant too. You should hear Wow. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Did you guys not know this about Shama? I knew this about Shama. No, I did not know this. in French. Yeah. Wow. He's a very, very uh, uh, cultured man. My grandmother used to speak French more than Arabic, so. Damn. All right. Well, yeah, this is your cover perspective into whatever Shama just said. <laughs> Beautiful. Yo, your favorite minorities are back with a bonus pod, and the report is in. Um, and we got a special guest, um, longtime listener, second time podcast, our homie, the official librarian. Of the Minority Sport Film Podcast, El Dundadon, also known as our homie Lindsay. Hello. Good evening. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, glad to have you back. And of course, as always, on the pod, we've got our favorite Egyptian that also knows French. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Mr. Moshama, what up? What's up, everyone? You doing good, brother? Yeah, remember, guys, I talked I talked about this movie six months ago, seven months ago, and I was waiting till the moment that everybody will have the chance to watch it. It's one of my top five movies of 2019, and I'm glad that we finally have the time to talk about this amid this huge crisis. Finally, finally. And to Shama's possible right, we got the Nevados yes, in the house, starting off with Mr. McDuck himself, the Raul Nevado. What up, though? What's, what's good? Don't don't you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and to his right, he's his queen to be, a queen to be forever, a queen who do whatever his highness desires. He's your queen. The Desiree Nevado. What up, though? <laughs> I don't know why I feel uncomfortable. I don't know, but, but your face during that is priceless. <laughs> Yo, I can't wait till we go to video. Hey, no, uh, uh, can I say, Kobe, I love how you started this episode with uh, by playing the uh, soundtrack of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's beautiful. You know what? The beautiful thing about that film is the, the sound. And how little there is in this film. How little yeah. there is. But it doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. But just like I was trying to find, you, you know that there was that one um, like kind of folk music that was in the middle of the film with all the ladies dancing around the fire mm-hmm. outside the market. You know that's oh, yeah. an original piece? Like it's not from something that came before. Oh, is it? It's completely original. It's, the dude wrote it in Latin. And like right. it just, it's crazy because like it's got like this weird hump. Like it reminds me so much of Robert Eggers' The Witch. Like it's a, um, 
just yeah, like, it's lovely. It is it's, it's it's crazy, creepy, and enchanting. I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it, but maybe. It starts yeah, it does. It starts out creepy. It really, really does. And then it goes and then it gets a little frozen. You know what I mean? It gets a little frozen and then it like it gets a little frozen. Means what? We are flying. We are, and then we are, we are we're like we're flying. We're, flying. we're like floating around. We're looking at our souls. And it's it's great. That sounds creepy. Actually, I no, was, it's fantastic. It's so sentimental. Why are they flying around looking at their souls? No, no, that's part of like the lyrics. Like it's pretty great. And, and obviously, we've already jumped ahead and gotten to the review because if you can't tell from your favorite minorities and guest, we are extremely excited about all finally in the chance to talk about Celine Sciamma's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, it was, what, it, Shama, it came out in Cannes in 2019, is that right? Yeah, came out in Cannes in 2019, and everybody was talking about it. It played at Telluride Film Festival. People were praising the movie, and uh, we got a chance to watch it at the uh, 919 Film Festival in, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Hey! Yes, it's super dope. Um, and we're going to do our best to talk about the entirety of this film for you guys to be able to enjoy. I would love to say, go out and watch it. But right now, due to COVID-19, theaters are closed. Fuck I have COVID. no it's idea. It's got COVID-19. It's coming to It came. It started in December 2019. It started. Yeah, it's okay. So, um, yeah. So, it's um, if you can get a chance to watch this somehow, you know, be responsible in your social distancing. But if there's a local theater near you that is still playing this film, go check it out. Um, we're going to gush about it and may have some opinions on things that we may not have liked. Um, but to if you want to sit back, we're going to get into non-spoilers of this film. And then we will allow some time to transition into full spoilers to really you know talk about it. Um, and then if you don't get a chance to finish the podcast, make sure to follow up on our thoughts about this film. But you got to do so by giving the show a follow at Emreport Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're subscribing to the website for any and all new content at EmreportPod.com. Send us an email. What did you think about this film? Um, at EmreportPodcast at gmail.com. First up on the report is our non-spoiler review of Portrait of Lady on Fire. And so I will hand it over to our guest, Lindsay. Your thoughts on Portrait of Lady on Fire. Why, thank you. <laughs> okay, um... My non-spoiler thoughts are that the, overall, this was a visual treat, visual feast of, um, even though there was some, I think, de- a great degree of like restraint and minimalism used, it was still just visually stunning. Um, the story in some ways is very simple. Um but yet it's also very lush and just um, it makes you want to pause on every single frame and just capture screenshots of every moment so you can stick them up on your walls and, you know, enjoy them as art all the time. <laughs> so it was just um, it took it actually took me a while to appreciate it more. I've seen it twice now and the second time was definitely I could appreciate even more and more, but um, it's it's a wonderful um, movie celebrating womanhood and love and art and literature and music and 
Yeah. That's awesome. And you're right. <laughs> when I watched this movie and I'm in the theater and it was like a semi-packed house a couple weeks before, um, you know, coronavirus is like shut down the world. I wish I could like pause on all these scenes just to kind of like take it in and breathe a little bit. Shama, did you feel the same way? What were your thoughts on this? I saw it at the film festival and it was like a full house in the first screening. And um, what like what a phenomenal movie. Like uh, it's, it's a, first of all, I love anything about like um, hidden love like this. And especially at this time. And um, how, how the movie w- w- was, was working and how the flow was taking us to, to see the, the love between everyone, you know, like without spoiling anything. But it's, um, it's, really, it's really a painting that's drawn in front of you, you know, like that's why it's the, the word portrait. Uh, yeah, it's talking about something in the movie, but it's still like it's a portrait that, that has been like portrayed in front of you, like a painting that you are seeing it from the beginning to the end. And that's why I feel like it, that's part of the magic in this movie, you know. What do you guys, what do you want to think about this? Fi- this film, bro, it's super magical. And I really thought that, like all the hype, because you saw it in the fall, you gushed about it. You were telling us like how beautiful, and then every time we ended up talking about it on subsequent pods, I'm like, my gosh, this film can't be that perfect. Like it just can't be. But there was something pretty magical. And I wonder if, Raul, did you feel the magic? <laughs> the magic touch you? <laughs> um, what what, what the, did the magic... T- I think something touched me. Oh. Uh, and I'm still confused by it because I was alone in the theater. <laughs> but, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I very well, it very well could have been like the ghost of Eloise. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> The ghost of Eloise, you know. Um, no, I, I, there is, uh, there definitely is some. I, I don't say magical. I say hypnotizing. Like I think there's something yes, hypnotizing about this movie. I, I was so uh, engrossed. Right. Uh, it's. I, I think it's beautifully directed, and as everybody knows, like that's just my thing. Like I just like I think it's so 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 incredibly well directed. When we talk about like when people talk about. Um, especially during the the, the uh, award season, like oh, women are, women got snubbed for this, or like Greta Gerwig got snubbed, or or Alma Harrell got snubbed. Like, let me tell you something: this director got snubbed. Oh yes, he didn't got snubbed. Yes, like she. It's the only like, and this is what when when we say like, listen, we should not be like like awarding or nominating women simply because we we want to nominate women, so we make it even like no, let's not making it even like like. This is a woman that, like, her game is strong. Like, she is such an incredible director. Like, uh, the, the the way she she directed the camera to move is 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 wow, incredible. Like, shot to shot, uh, 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 the choices. That I mean, I, I like thinking alone. Like, that blew my mind was the shot when 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 we first meet Louise. Yes, and it's following her. Behind her, and we don't see. And then the and then the the, the hood falls, and we see yeah. her. It's beautiful. Um, also, this the 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 idea of, of of playing with sound in this film, the lack of score, but like the the we don't need it. Why? Because the pacing, the editing is so tight. Uh, the movements, the grace, uh, it it really it hypnotizes you. And let me tell you something. 
I went into this. I had heard already the no score in this film. And I forgot about it in the movie. And when I left, Shama mentioned it again. And it just blew my mind again. Because I was just like, holy shit, I didn't even realize it. You feel everything. It didn't even bother me. Exactly. Um, And that, again, that just shows masterful directing. That she knew. We don't need this. Where I think I think a director that is less secure in their ability would have been like, oh my God, if I don't put a score here, it's going to upset people because people expect a score and we need music and we need music to make people feel. No, she knew. She said she wants that. And the, then also the, the music that's in it is so powerful. She probably didn't want to take away from it. Yeah, this is what she said. She, said she wanted the, 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 the strongest thing in the movie to be something, the music that we hear at the very end. Oh, and that was incredible. That's why she wanted to be the highest thing in the movie. It, it, so to culminate what, what she had, without spoiling yeah. But since you mentioned the cinematography, really, remember, guys, when, when France did not submit this movie as the, its, its feature for, yeah. for 2019, I said the, the Academy should have at least nominated this movie for cinematography. They should have, yeah. Because like, like her, 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 her cinematography, like, it's, it's different. And she's followed every technique. You feel it from the director and the writer, you know? And I love that the, the whole movie is like produced, filmed, directed, written by women, which is like they put all their feelings and how s- the sentimental thing about uh, what do we have and what do we feel and what what do we know about what's going on, you know? Was it shot on film? I didn't hear it. It would have to be. It, it looks there's there was a grain to this film, but at the same time, you can add grain. Mm-hmm. I, I add grain to photos. But I mean, to me, it just it didn't it didn't feel like artificial. Maybe that's what well, I'm. I, ooh, I don't like that word. <laughs> All right. Well, I will, I will I will get to the perspective that I've been looking forward to the most because of Desiree's art background and with this film, I really wanted to like understand like what she thought about it. So finally, what I've been waiting for <laughs> is Ezra's take. His whole life. Oh gosh, <laughs> what an intro! Now I feel pressure. Um, I really liked it. I, I really did. I thought the love story was beautiful. Um, I do. It's kind of hard not to get into spoilers. I do love the journey that we go through with both of them and their perspectives of each other and how they grow. And therefore the painting itself actually grows. Um, I really like that. Uh, some really beautiful moments, but I, I really can't talk about it without getting into spoilers, but all in all, I really loved it. Nah, and I completely understand that. I love what you said, how the painting grows. I don't know anything about painting, but what I see in movies and TV. And it was really unique how this film incorporated the progression of this painter. And you got to forgive me, guys. I've I, I just dug right into it. I didn't even go with the synopsis of the film. Essentially, you have... I don't want to say she's our central character, but she's the first person we really see, right? We have Marianne, um, you know, played by Naomi Merlot. Um, she is teaching a class. She's actually the subject of um, a, a painting in her class. And she is commissioned a little bit later to paint. Uh, well, it's all flashbacks. She tells a story of her being commissioned to paint the portrait of a young woman who was betrothed to a suitor, I think in Milan. Yeah. In Milan. And she's never seen this guy before. She does not want to be married. And her mother wants her to have this, you know, painting to be able to, you know, send over to this guy who's you know, going to marry her daughter. Um, but she pretty much has denied being painted by anyone. And it, it's it's an interesting tale of these two women's f- 
friendship that then buds into something more that I don't think either of them ever expected. And it's done in a really cool way. And I kind of love how we travel with this painting throughout the film. It almost acts like this kind of like, there was something like very theatrical about it. Like we're going through like a five act play. Like we keep going through these different stages of this painting. And I, I felt like I was getting an art lesson while watching this movie. Oh, for sure. I can see that easily. Like it's in, and I love, I love love on film. I love forbidden love on film even more. Just like the turmoil, the passion, and then seeing how it like just, I mean, I guess. And the heartbreaking. Yes. Like I, I love seeing passion burn on both ends. And this film for me really is nothing short of perfect. Um, it's a slow burn, but it's this very organic love. And there's a lot of subtext, which I love. I love the tension, how it's painted. And it's really intentional with its dialogue. And it's really careful with its gaze. I could easily see a man doing this movie and it being something very, very different. And honestly, when I first heard about this movie, I thought I was going to get blue as the warmest color. And it is so far oh from God. that. No, but, oh but you got to understand, like, I have a very limited scope of what I'm going to get from like French cinema. I'm not, I just don't see oh, a lot of it. I did, movie. but I just, I didn't, I didn't know, no, no. Till, but now I know. And like Celine Sciamma, like she paints a portrait essentially that it just magnifies what the spark of attraction is. And like, there's these beautiful strokes of ecstasy and you don't really get to like see it see it until like there's like this moment that you're waiting for like it's like i don't want to say like you're on like the edge of your seat but you kind of are and i just love the payoff of everything and then like going back and thinking about this film like it's saying a lot without saying anything like either and okay yeah enough which is exactly what a painting does yes yes yeah we got to get into spoilers so if you have not got a chance to watch portrait of a lady on fire or roll say it in french Yep. Quoi ça? Quoi up. Portrait de la jeune fille en feu. Okay, yes. now you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop the pod right here. We thank you for the click and the download. Come back to us to be able to talk about this movie in spoilers right now. All right. Whoever wants to go first. So, uh, I want to get to uh, you guys. You, you said you were expecting it to be what? Blue is the warmest color? Yeah. There's actually a, 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 you know what? there's another movie that this movie is very very similar to. Yes. Do you know what it is? Yes. Does anybody else know what it is? Have I seen it? I, I have. A, I have a yes, couple ones. I've seen it. Yes. Oh, 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 oh! I know what it is. I know what it is. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear Lindsay. Well, I what have. Is it? I have two. What do you think? Movie comparisons. Um, one is The Piano, and the other is Vertigo. Oh. Neither oh, one no. for me. Okay. Yeah, I know what's wrong. What what does wrong? So to Wait, me, I, can I say? Sure. I mean, just it's my case, thing, but sure. Yeah, no, but just in case I I say the same thing. Okay. Call me by your name. Yes. Because <laughs> it's one of my favorite. This movie movies. is very, very, very similar. Huh. I That's what I love about Call Me By Your Name. One of my top favorite movies in 2018. So it right down to the last shot. It's very similar. The song, yeah. yeah. And what's the other movie role? That was it. No, I, 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 I know. Like, I said, they said like, somebody no, said no, couple no. of movies. Because I know that. Uh, Lindsay said Vertigo and another one. Oh, yeah. yeah and right. Piano. Because I was like saying, okay. Yeah, I mean, call me by. Uh, like, just the idea of Forbidden Love, Soldier. Yeah, there's definitely intersection with that movie. I'm yeah, not like, so. I think the ending. Um, I just want, like, yeah. I, even right down to, the, to, to that last shot. 
Lindsay, where are you picking with Vertigo? I'm very interested there. Okay, yeah. Um, So, I guess you've seen Vertigo. (laughs) Um, There's this, there's a big emphasis on, for the first part of the movie, the detective is like following this mysterious woman around town who may be either possessed or um, possessed or haunted. And there's like this emphasis on like the colors that she is wearing and there's the portrait in the art museum and he's kind of watching her from a distance. And when he's at a distance from her, she's kind of perfect and um, timeless. Um, But there's kind of a, without getting into spoilers about Vertigo, I think there's this element later on in that movie where as you spend, as he gets to know the real person better, there's flaws. And so there's almost this preference for seeing somebody, keeping somebody from a distance, even with the, um, the myth that's, that's kind of dealt with in portrait. But um, so there's some storyline elements that are the same, but I feel like the way it's shot is mainly the initial thought I had because of like, there's Madeline with the green dress that, that would be in, you know, vertigo. And then in portrait, you have Marianne wearing this like red dress for most of the movie. But then at the end, she's in the green dress that is the colors. There's just this emphasis on colors and framing and making the woman look beautiful. Yo, so y'all bring up like this amazing point of something that I kind of, I thought was really interesting with this film that I typically don't get a chance to kind of assess with other films is the difference between the male and female gaze and the fact that we have two females in this conversation. I would love to get that perspective starting off with Ezer, AKA Mrs. Nevado. What sets this film apart in regards to your perspective of the gaze? Um, Are you talking about my gaze or just like, Yeah, your gaze, the difference between the male and the female gaze to this film, as you may have seen in others. Um, I just want to make sure that you're talking about like how I see the film or how the people in the film see each other. I just don't know which one we're talking about. Yeah, let's start off like with your gaze. And if if you believe that Celine Sciamma doing this film lends a different lens to, let's say, if um, Noam Baumbach did this film. So like the fact that it's still from the perspective of a female. The female is telling the story as opposed to the difference, how it would seem different if a man told the story. Okay. Do I think that men and women have the capability of telling stories fully and completely and understanding the female or the male perspective fully? Yes. So I don't, I don't know. Like if a man tried hard enough, he in like took into consideration perspective and took into consideration like what was important for a woman and stuff. I do think a man could have directed this Um, and vice versa, a female the same way. Do you don't think it affected it at all? It would be having a female director tell this, this this intimate. I think she, her as a person, not as a female brought a, a good perspective on this. And, and I do like that she as a person was the one who, um, did this and I like her perspective on it not that her perspective is uh, capped or expanded just because she's a female but I do think that um, she was the right person to direct this and it was beautiful 
And I love how um, the females and the few males, <laughs> one, was it one, <laughs> were um, uh, the guy who, like, oh, the there's boat. a few. There's a few of the guys on the boat. Yeah, that was interesting. And the guy who dropped her stuff and just turned around and the guy Yo, who. My dude, my dude dipped so hard. He was like, he just dropped it on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, and you know that, that that same type of person like came all the way to the house mm-hmm. to get her the second time. It's oh, not, yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. it's interesting. Um, I, think, I think he said something like, hello, or, you know, he said, uh, you know, bonjour, you know, his one line. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I thought um, the female perspectives were beautifully told and their feelings were beautifully portrayed. Uh, their complexity was beautifully portrayed. Um, they were all complex characters, even when they weren't talking, um, which was really cool. Uh, and I, I really liked it. I think there's an interesting point to this, because, and, and I want to get to Lindsay's perspective here in a second. But um, um, the thought that if you put the time into it, any perspective, anybody can tell a story in a different perspective. Take Trey Edward Schultz, for example, in Waves. Um, you know, he's he's able to tap into different perspectives. Um, Even with, with, with uh, missing some melanin that would typically... And himself, and himself, yeah, in himself, yeah, correct. It, it, it actually surprised me to know that he directed that, and because he, he's Caucasian, and I was like, oh, it damn sure it surprised me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes when people un- fully understand like the culture, they can start portraying because they they got the feeling from exactly. people around them. It's like yeah. me, you know. I came from yeah. a different culture, but like by time I understand things that Americans like do, and especially like with friends around me. And I can see it like from their perspective, and I can understand it to the to the hundred percent point. Yeah. So, and I believe that, that that's what that's what happens with the with the director doing a movie yeah. like this. But right? it's like great writers and directors are no different than great actors, right? Because um, a great actor does research, spends time. Um, if it's a character that's still alive, they spend Correct. time with that character. If it's not, they spend time researching. Like the problem is that like a lot of writers and directors don't spend enough time in in those you know cultures or ambiances or or uh, uh, whatever uh, uh, environments to lens and, and take notes and learn that and ingrain themselves the way an actor a great actor tends to do sure, sure. and I, I think it says something the fact that I, the one thing that was so striking to me was this very organic relationship between Louise Thank you. <laughs> I forgot that name for a second. <laughs> and Louise and Marianne. Marianne, Marianne right? Um, understanding the how that must have been directed, the fact that this is a relationship. If I'm, if I'm, if I don't have this misunderstood, between Celine Sciamma and Adele Hanel, is that right? Um, probably. They did not confirm. Yeah, but they did not confirm. That's what thing, I hear. But, yeah, that's what I heard as well. But uh, were y'all were y'all aware of that? No. Yeah, so like they they were in a, a serious long term relationship. Interesting. So who, who's, they, the, who's the second person? So Celine Sciamma is the director. Adele Hanel is the co star. Who played Eloise? Eloise. Eloise. She plays Eloise. Yeah. Oh, interesting. 
So I can imagine that being like really intimate that could also spill over. It's like what lend what lended itself to this kind of very what's the word I'm searching for? A much more like appreciatory perspective of of Eloise, right? Because I mean Typically, when you see these type of roles, it can be so reductive. And that's why, like, sometimes I know when I grew up, right, and I knew there was going to be a story that was, like, you know, um, hyper-romantic, I always assume, like, hypersexual as well. And this film, while there was nudity, it never felt hypersexual, which I thought was really, really unique, where a male gaze could have, like, corrupted that, in a sense, and made it more kind of gratuitous. And I don't think it was here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Colby. Uh, let me jump in here because um, I'm I'm nodding my head over here, going like yes. Because like when we talk about the female gaze versus the male gaze, what I'm um, what I've understood that that term means is the way the camera, you know, captures a frame in a way that is either going to be um, empowering of women, um, honoring of women versus exploiting of women or using women as a way to get your jollies or whatever. So so that's what that one, term means. And like, cause I feel like, so what we would just like, what I was talking about was more like perspective. Perspective. Right. Yes. I, that's why I, I was a bit confused, which is why I was kind of clarifying. Yeah. Cause, cause I never I was, used that term. Right. So, so an I, example for that, an example of that is like when um, the girls and yeah, and I was, I was totally going to say, like, after I talk about this, we should get let you, you know, have another chance to comment. But um, there's the scene with the when she says um, she's painting a picture of Marianne is is creating a picture of Eloise and Eloise says, but I don't have anything of you. And so um, she starts to, like, uh, do a self-portrait of herself mm. in a mirror and the mirror is covering Eloise's private parts so it's like normally with a male gaze it would have been like hey there's a naked body let's see the whole thing but it almost like very modestly uses this mirror to cover like the private parts you know and for me it was also that specific scene I felt like it added a bit of intimacy to it um even for just visual standpoints like because they've been intimate like so much with each other to the fullest extent to like see her face in that area, like just felt intimate. And I think uh, maybe Colby, another thing, a thing that you were saying was there was their relationship was um, much more of a partnership, you know, between like, um, yeah. And like with the whole permission to paint, like there, the reason they're, they develop so much as a couple is because there's this, there's this art being created and it starts with Marianne being like, I'm the artist and you're my subject and you're, I'm going to paint you without your knowledge. And she creates the painting she creates Mm. is not good. And, and she goes through several iterations of this painting. And finally it's when Eloise says, I'm going to let you paint me and I'm going to help you do it that the subject becomes part of the creation. The two of them are creating this portrait together. That's not, so good. Not as like, I'm I'm in charge and you're my subject. Like I think most um, 
male-female relationships that are in most movies that we've grown up with, like the classic movies, even going back to Vertigo, there's like, you know, Jimmy Stewart, you know, using Kim Novak as the puppet, you know, so it's like, that's why their relationship had such a good vibe, because it was both of them doing it together. And I think that really changed her process, too. Like, she became a better painter because of it. Because things that she just wasn't... I mean, it seemed like her, her father, I believe, was a painter. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yes. So obviously, a very renowned painter, yeah. Yeah, so like she I, learned from, from that. Um, Lindsay, I love what you said. I hadn't put it into words yet. You cut him off. I'm so sorry. I hadn't... I hadn't put it into words yet, like what you were saying, because I, I had that same thought, like when I first saw the painting there, it wasn't bad, but it was just like, there was something missing. Yeah, it wasn't her. It wasn't emotional. But by the last painting, it was so emotional. And you could like see more in that person. Yeah. I, I mean, just the, the fact that you guys talk about this as a partnership it was, you know, it was really cool. And I've heard people say this is like a, a feminist film, right? And I personally never really understood, like, in my mind, what I thought of feminist, I think I had the, I had the wrong, what's the word? Just this wrong perception of like that, like feminists for, for some reason, it, I, I was I, trying to say this, I sound like a, <laughs> like an asshole, um, like something that was like anti-male. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually you're correct. Lots of people think that the feminists should be like anti-male, but like yeah, but by the time when you when you get mature and you look, you grow up and you understand it, like in the different perspective and like that it's a whole wide different spectrum of um, of feelings and and then you you reach this point that you that you got it. Yeah, it's a, it's it's it, it, it like uh, well, feminism should be empowering of females. It doesn't have to be down putting of anybody else yeah. and i love what she's i'm sorry i'm chiming in about old things she's, I'm still, desiree keeps walking away because she has to go take care of something I'm, so I'm, she keeps chiming back in i'm taking care of raul's dinner is what i'm taking care of <laughs> and oh, so you're not eating at all huh <laughs> no i'm just i just thought it would be funny for the conversation that oh, we were okay. talking about but i love uh, the word that Lindsay used earlier when she was talking about her doing the painting secretly versus having consent I love I love that word because I think it's very important um, when it comes to relationships is consent and it definitely brings you to a deeper level of intimacy which will show up in your work. I love that. Cool. We're talking about feminism. I know, I know, yeah, but you I keep just walking away, you can't I know, keep but back but I couldn't leave backwards. that word alone because I love that you use Great. that. Do you have anything to say? Anybody have anything to say on feminism? <laughs> what? I have a lot to say on feminism. That is a loaded question. What would you like to know? No, Lindsay, do you have anything to comment on that? Uh, I'm not sure I understand. Fem you know, I know we uh, the word was brought up, but how does it relate to what we're talking about? Well, I think from my standpoint of like interpreting the film, I wrongly, I thought of feminism as anti-male or putting women above male. And... I, I like that this film, like when I saw their relationship, I didn't interpret their relationship as like homosexuality or lesbianism. Like, honestly, I don't think that their sexes matter to one another. They, 
like, and I thought that was re- like, that's that equality thing. That's actually the true definition of feminism that I think a lot of people don't understand. Well, yeah. And the, 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 with any word, there's going to be different perspectives on it. Like people can use the word feminism all they want, different people, and it's going to mean things differently to them. Me personally, then I hope that this word is no longer necessarily necessary eventually. Um, but I feel like this word is necessary because there's a lacking in equality. Um, do I think that women should be above? No, like this is not a man. It should never be a man hating thing because then we're just turning around and doing the same thing that was done to us. Feminism is just embracing women for who they are and who they can be fully and completely. Um, and that's all, that's all it is, at least to me. Yeah. I think, um, I, I guess like another thing I want, I felt pretty strongly at the beginning is that, you know, even before the partnership with Eloise takes place, you know, it was interesting to kind of just watch Marianne as you, you know, got to know her first because you could tell she had a lot of pride in her abilities and her skills and her mm-hmm. artwork because yeah. of, um, I remember one line, the mom says, if um, he likes the portrait, we will go to Milan. And she's like, you'll go to Milan. And, you know, the fact that the opening scene where she like smoking the pipe in front of the fire, you know, with her hair down and drying her canvases. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's just like, she feels really good about herself and she's teaching women to do art. And, um, and you she, know, there, of, go there was ahead. a lack of hesitation on the boat. Like when her, she was making sure her canvases stayed dry and she looked away for a second and the canvases were in the water there was no hesitation. She started taking off her jacket immediately. Like she didn't wait for somebody to go in for her. She looked at them as she was getting up. Sure. She didn't hesitate to get up though. She was about to do what she needed to do, but she looked at them like, really? (laughs) Like none of you said anything. You saw this go over the boat. You didn't say anything, but I like that she is willing to do what needs to be done and she doesn't need somebody to do it for her. Like she even goes down and she goes down to get her snack. You know, she's like, I'm hungry, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like that. Like, I love yeah. that. She tore that she tore that bread up. I'm not gonna lie. Like looking at this movie, I like the way that they were consuming like the bread and cheese yeah. and you know, they're on this island that is I guess it's kind of secluded and stuff like that. It's a really interesting place to kind of have this story. Like it's it almost reminded me like like 300. Like it's kind of like set apart. Um, I, I think visually, it, we haven't really spent too much time on it. This movie is beautiful to look at. Like it is gorgeous. Like yeah. the landscapes that they're on, how intimate all the individual settings of the locations they were. I mean, just inside of this, you know, this estate is like, there's something garish about it, but very kind of like real. It didn't feel like artificial or fake. It felt like very much lived in. And I, I love when a film can spend time with a very small amount of characters because even this, you know, this, uh, would you call her like a housekeeper? Is it her, right? Yeah, yeah, she is. I thought she was going to be nothing and she became very central to their very love central. story as well. She connected them together because like she's like the, the link and the ring in between like the whole chain. So she to make them like together. 
um, here and there, connecting this with that. Like especially when both were helping her with her situation. That yeah, was so that whole cool. that whole sequence was crazy yeah. to me. I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, she's running back. Like they had just had a conversation about her being pregnant. They're like, do you want to be pregnant? She's like, no. And, and it this, was such like a throwaway. Like it meant nothing. It was so weird. Yes, it, 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 but like I, I feel like this is another like great moment of like just showing these women just taking control and they're just like this is we're like this is what our lives are this is what we want and this is how we're going to handle and the situation take an action yes and we are going to act to handle this the way that is going to outcome you know have the outcome that we want and so they're just like oh you don't want the baby okay so and then it's just like then there's a sequence where like she's running back and forth and and i'm just like what is going on and then <laughs> They're like hunting. I love the scene where you just see the tall grass, and then they all pop up at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "What the?" And uh, and they're all hunting, and I'm just like, "What are they looking for?" And then she's making the tea, and I'm just like, "I think I know what's. I understand what's going on." So I texted Shaman. I was like, "What's going on in this sequence?" And it was like inducing abortion or, or miscarriage, and I was like. Uh, that's what I thought. And yeah, honestly, this the is first... a sign of a perfect film and, and direction because this is one of the few elements in any film that I watch where that is hard for me and just my personal like you know stances mm-hmm. on it where I could have easily been checked out and I was surprised how it won me over. And it's not that it changed my stance. It just was a very like for that time an understanding – of what these women felt like they needed to do. Definitely. Yeah. And, and also I, I was shocked that I that it did that to me. When you move into the next scene where they have to be a bit more hands-on and she's like laying on the bed, she's getting you know, I thought she was hanging from the the top. I don't know what she was doing. Yeah, I don't know what she was doing. I don't know doing. what she was doing up there. Why was she <laughs> yeah, hanging? She was hanging somewhere. We don't know what it was. At first you're like, did they she were... just kill herself? And they're just every, sitting every there. Every actual method you could think of. <laughs> They were – that was like a thing they would do is like let gravity do yeah, as much as possible. Yeah, pull the baby from inside. Like pull the – pull the, um, the, the – But the, the scene sure. that I'm talking about when she's laying on the bed. Yeah. Um, and the woman is doing her thing between the yeah. legs. Oh, oh, oh. But oh, oh, oh. there's this moment when the baby next to her mm-hmm. is yeah. playing yes. with her finger. Yeah. And, and what it tells you about the, the girl getting the abortion is it's not a lack of love. For me, that's what it said for me. Is like there's not a lack of love. Like she, she doesn't like hate babies, it's you know. Lack, sure. And it's like it's a lack of preparedness. Yeah, and she's like finding comfort in a baby in the moment that she's having. Yeah, an she's abortion. Just like not ready at that time. Was that actually? You think it was comfort? That's how I saw it. That's how I saw it. It was like a. It's like a. Because I feel like some people will see it that way as a hate for children, and. That's that's how I saw it. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, for me, for me, I thought like I, like to me, I thought it it, it broke her heart. Yeah, oh. uh, she was she was kind of tearing up, you know, as this as this happened, as the child was kind of just hanging out on the bed with her, and which I think again, but I didn't see regret I, in her eyes. Not yeah, regret, I mean, but still sadness. Yeah, exactly. It's not regret that she's torn. She's like sad, but no, she's not regret. This is painful she, for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think that's what I So saw. I feel like we're saying the same thing. I think it is still showing that there is no lack of love here. Yeah. But so she's not a heartless person, but like I, I saw in, But in, people in think pain. Yeah, sure. I feel like if we're gonna get into a hard conversation, there are people who think that people who have yeah. abortions are heartless people. So what sure. do you guys think? What do you guys think <laughs> yeah. at this moment when when uh 
Marianne like pushed Louise face like to look when she was trying like not to not to look and she she moved her face to look at uh, what's going on. I don't know. I brushed over that. I, I does anybody else? I um I have thoughts about it. I don't know. I I talked to several people at the film festival like after mm-hmm. watching this movie because I had I actually felt pretty similar to what you're saying, Colby, like it was difficult for me to watch these scenes and um, it, maybe it was for us. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm just saying like, for me, like that, that segment, not just that one scene, but that whole segment was to me stuck out like a sore thumb. Like I like the whole movie, but I don't like these, this thing. And I don't understand the purpose of it. Um, but as I, one, my theory about it was that it was sort of like bear witness. She was asking her to bear witness to what Sophie was having to go through as a woman. And they were giving solidarity to each other. Um, and then later, because later on, there's the scene where she um, encourages Marianne to kind of capture the moment by staging yeah, staging the abortion oh, yeah, and yeah. and capturing it, and I, you know, to me, I was just like, "What on earth? Like, is she is she trying to get? Is she trying to show? Is she helping her lover get off of this girl? You know, by like staging so, this as an intimate act of love instead of, you know, it was it was so anyway, it was difficult, but I think it has something to do with um, we're women, we want to support each other, we want to like bear witness to what happened and not forget it and try to make it something secretive and hidden. Well, I yes. think, yeah, yes, I, I agree. Not secretive and not hidden. Yes. yes. And that's why I asked you guys, what do you think about it? Because that's exactly the same way I, I figured it's like all about the support that like, we are here to support each other and look at it in this way. Even we agree or disagree. We are just there to, to document the moment, you know? Yeah. And, and I believe that was the best way to portray it. What what I found a, a correlation to of this film is about a control and a woman's right to say yes or to say no. And in that world, women were very limited into what they can say yes and say no to. So in, in, in a weird way, it felt like a metaphor for being able to say no. And even with my stance on abortion, it was this young lady's choice to say no in the same way that Eloise and Marianne had this choice to have this relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought I, I found, and, and that's what I took away from it. And I think that's why it, I, I didn't let it detract from my overall experience of the film, even though I've seen scenes like that be done so much poorer, it's a complete turn off and then I'll shit all over the movie, right? Um, this is where I feel like I, I, I got it. And I could be completely off base. I could be completely wrong, but that's what it felt like to me was this idea of taking back a, a sense of uh, of control because they're in a world where I mean, one back during that time, they it was kind of hard to practice. You know, you, you can't engage in sexual. You know, there was no condoms back then. You know what I'm saying? So it's like mm-hmm. there was just that. Oh well, this is a woman problem and not a man problem, right? Um, and that's typically something that would be frowned upon. But this was them taking that agency to be able to say no. And I I, I thought. It was done in a very unique way, something I had no idea going in that this was going to be about. Um, And it's just one of those gut things. Like if it was done wrong, you'd feel it and like, no, 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 no. And I thought when I first saw this happen, like, I don't think it's going to sit well with me. And I was very surprised afterwards that 
it, I, I was cool with it. Yeah, and it's I, all of these things. Yeah. It's everything you said. It's, it's yeah. everything yes. about like, not, what did you say? Not secret. And it was another word. You not hidden, not secret. Not hidden, they, not secret. Each other, but um, it's about choice. Witness, it's a, yeah. yeah. It's about all of those but things. It, it, uh, it's, I, I feel like the one of the reasons it sits so well is because it, most of the time, most of the time, it's sensitive, yeah. yeah. But most of the time when we see this, it's usually modern day, right? And it's usually like the girl in a room, it's a hospital room, which are innately ugly, and it's uh, the doctors and the nurses and it's no one cold. else. It's cold. It's cold. And it's and, and, and it's fear ugly. involved. Yes. That girl did not show any fear at no, any no point fear. in time. And there's, and there's a lot. supporting the warmth of the people around her. Like, yeah. at least. And the child holding her hand with like kind of showing the warmth. Well, it was such a beautiful way to depict yeah. this act, um, which like, again, it's just seen as so, such such an ugly act. Um, it's such a dirty act, but like, it, I don't know. It, 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 it brought to light big... somebody else's perspective on yeah. it. Yeah, no, it, this this film, it's a very intimate story, but I felt like I was a part of it too. And I, I think the organic love that they had, like it didn't just happen like right off the bat. Like it was so delicate and the way these two just in a look were exchanging like so much. I love all the subtext just with these actresses' performances. So, I mean, you know, shout out to both of them. They, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's, I really feel bad that I didn't get a chance to watch this at the end of 2019 and how that would have shaped what I thought was like Academy Award worthy because uh, I don't understand how they don't make the field of like the final five ladies um, on Oscar night because they were exceptional. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's crazy how good they were and just the things that they were doing with their, like their movements and their subtleties and like, you know, um, Naomi Merlot, like she's got this striking facial features that are like, when she looks at you, it's like peering and Adele Hanel, like the same thing. Like, I don't, I, there's just too much going on on the screen at that one time. Like, it's really, really cool. Were there any other, aside from the performances, was there any other like moments in this film that just stuck out to you that like you just take away? Oh well, gosh. I know for Raul, the last scene, the very last shot yeah. Oh, yeah. is, is so like it's crazy, and again, it reminds me so much that it, it's 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 to another level of like power. I think the music has so much to do with it. Um, of uh, what Call Me by Your Name did with its last shot of him crying in front of the the fireplace. Fire. This one, it's not. There's like this this connection, right? Where it's like we have been waiting for this, and like and like she's wanted this so badly. And now she gets to witness it, right? Something she's 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 heard of how great and how beautiful and this art, right? From the eyes and the and the use of somebody else and the perspective of somebody else. And now that other person that got to share their thoughts on it gets to witness them experiencing for the first time, which is so beautiful. Is and so then beautiful. we get to witness it. And it's just and I love that they didn't try to cut back and forth to show us. Uh, 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 Marianne's perspective of it. It was just Eloise and it was just this shot and it was just slowly pushing in and the music and her emotions just coming in like her, that performance from her was incredible and that's so hard, right? For us to say like, hey, this is what you, you're hearing music. We're, we're hearing music. You're seeing a play. You're seeing a great performance or a, uh, an act of uh, orchestra and and like this is like the direction of this. Like, how do you direct this? Like, it's it. This is the most moving thing. Because she for, felt for it. so many she, reasons, right? It's your first yeah. time. 
like you've never witnessed something like this. It, it's incredibly beautiful. And also, it brings you back to like that person that made you feel more special than anybody else. And they both got to experience that. Like the fact that I think, you know, uh, I believe it was either Desiree or Lindsay that I mentioned before, but you know, when Marianne is inside of the gallery and she sees that excerpt in the book, like that was something that, you know, Eloise left for her. And then the connection for Eloise to Marianne was the music that she said that even though we can't have this love, we just know that if we were in a different time, we could. But for where we are right now, we can't have this love. But the 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 consolation is this. At least just just know that there's there's not you won't be dead because of this, right? Um, at least you'll be able to have a child now, and you'll have this music to connect to. And just seeing how that music just like completely, it was like an experience for her that we were a part of. It felt really really amazing to see, and just how long the shot lingered on her. So just long. In. Love, it was great. Yeah. I love when this happens, like when the, the scene's like four minutes or something, like call me by your name and like the song is continuing and then you hear the orchestra like going and she's ventilating and like you can see. Oh my gosh, her goes, breathing. Breathing goes up and down. That was, oh, like I was, that was fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. What was that, Shama? It's like, yeah, I was like, that was the first day I saw the movie the first time. I didn't know what to do. Like I wanted to talk the entire world to come watch the movie. <laughs> I came out of the movie door. Oh, please, please try like to yeah. get a chance and come watch it. Like and, six and, and, months. And let me say something. It, it's crazy how like like people are like, oh well, the, the music does this to you. Like yeah, like that. The the four seasons, like that's incredible, right? Um, an incredible incredible piece of music. But let me tell you something. Like I I watched it and it was so powerful and I was in the moment and I was like. This is the greatest in that moment, right in this scene. Looking at her, I'm like, "This is the greatest song ever." And then I go and like the next two days, I w- I'm like, "Oh, I think back on that scene," and I decide to play that song. And without the visual, I thought Tide commercial. No, I swear to you, because Stop. it's been, because it's been used in like Tide commercials. Where like it's in slow motion and something spilling on the carpet on, or on the shirt, oh and I was like, "Oh, it's not the same. Oh it's not the same <laughs> as the experience I had watching this final shot of Portrait of a Lady on Fire." But it's crazy. That's that. That is a crazy thing. How much music and the visuals affect the song. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just the song. They, yeah. they support each other. They build each other. It's amazing. Well, for me, part of the power of that scene is that I have been that person before listening to a song and getting super emotional. So I feel like it's not just the music. It's not just the visuals. But I feel like that's a scene where for a lot of people, they really relate to that. You know, same thing as at the ending of Call Me By Your Name. The reason that's so powerful is we've all been that guy sitting in front of the fire crying listening to a song that if anybody else saw you they would just be like what i don't understand why is he crying i've I've, I've never been that guy well okay well many of us i've never been that guy and i still connected well good great but like (laughs) i'm saying for me the reason that i connected because i love music and just like 
thinking about how she there was this whole scene where she is trying to explain to her what it's like to listen to an orchestra and she's never heard it before the only music she's heard was at church you know because she was in the nunnery and um yeah the nunnery get thee to a nunnery and uh he's just like trying to explain to her what it's feels like to be in an orchestra and you know that when she's listening to this she's thinking about marianne she's not just listening to the music she's thinking about her time with her and it's just super emotional and yeah i love it i kept waiting for that scene to come onto youtube and finally it did but (laughs) until it was released (laughs) as a movie it was no scenes were on youtube only the trailer you know thank god Thank God. Yeah. 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 Now this this movie. But is... let me ask you just something. This movie in French is called like uh, "Portrait of a Young Lady on Fire." Yeah. Why yeah. in English it was like only just like "Portrait of a Lady on Fire"? Because that because we're all about making everything uh, more concise and smooth. "Portrait of a Young Lady on Fire." If that young is so unnecessary, you can just have exactly. And that was like the director so when, when they asked her. She said, like when we when we subtitle when you translate the name of the, the of the movie in English, for the Americans, don't put it, don't put it, yeah. uh, don't put no. the word young. They will look at it in a different way, and it will yeah. take away from the from the feeling. In French, the word um, uh, Jean, which is like young, means like it's here. She meant it as youthful, like she has like that. Sure. So it's but, like my name. My name in French means something completely different than it does in English. Yeah, it's yeah. not the same. The, 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 yeah. In English, it's just desire. desire yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In French, it's way better. In, in English, it's just desire. Yeah. Did anybody? Um, did, did anybody feel like a strong anything connection with like the the myth, the story that the girls shared? I tried to read up more about it, honestly, because um, I found it really interesting how they were... I thought I thought maybe oh. was this tale inspired Man. from it, but I guess it really wasn't. It just kind of... Wait, refresh, Guys, refresh a, me. I don't remember. Isn't it a Bible story? No, it's a... I thought it was like a... a group, uh, it's like from it's a, Herman or something? Or the Odyssey? It's Omeros. Omeros, like... Uh, well, it, it happens in the Bible as well. What is it? What is the story? Well, I thought it was... Um, you, well, you're thinking of... Um, Sodom and Gomorrah. We're, yeah, Sorry. you're thinking of... Um, What's the guy's name? Uh, his Hang on. Raul is getting frustrated. Sorry to cut you off. They're talking about the book that they're reading in front of the fire where it talks about the person who looks back at the girl yeah. and they die. It's a really oh, well well-known called? myth. Um, yeah, it's a myth. Uh, it's uh, like the, uh, it's, uh, the Odyssey and the other one, the Illicis and the, the Iliad. Yeah, he he goes to Hades. He uh, she, she like dies and he has to go to Hades to get... To get the woman, his his love, and he's able to take her back, but they say you can't turn around and look at her because if you do, then I will take her back also, again. Does that not does that not something similar also happen in Dante's Inferno? Uh, it happens in the Bible as well. <laughs> you're thinking you're thinking about um, Abraham Lot's wife. That's her name, Lot's wife. But it's that's a different. The, the it's story very similar. Yeah, it's similar, very similar. No, it's the same concept of like this... not being able to look back and still yeah. choosing to look back. Yeah, but the woman. Yeah, the woman. It, in that case, it's the woman that looks back, and Lot has to go without her, and she turns uh, into sand. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um. But it, I, I, I have known. I, I know of the one in the Bible story, and I slightly know the other one from just high school 
But I had never thought of it that way, the way that they thought of it. Like the one girl saying that maybe she's the one that said, look back. Cause that's not in the story, but that's an interesting perspective on it. Like maybe she asked him to look back. And then the other, the, the other girl saying that maybe she chose or he chose the, the memory of her over that chose a poet's death. I thought that was so cool. I've never thought of it that way. It's very interesting. Orpheus and Eurydice is the name of the myth. I just found it. <laughs> Sorry. Shane, um, can you text that to us? I want to look it up. Sure. Thanks. Yeah, I really, I really liked that story and the like thinking about it and all of their perspectives that they they brought to light on that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was it was really interesting the way how they integrated it into the story and just I mean all the elements of this film. I mean, I really thought that this was going to be one of those things where the hype was just so much. Uh, it's just not going to live up to the expectations, and it exceeded my expectations. So. Um, if you guys have not got a chance to watch this movie, one, I mean, thank you for sticking around for a spoiler-filled discussion, but I think that you'd be surprised <laughs> on how this film can speak to you, you know, in a lot of different ways. So go see it. I, I wonder if this is going to be like a, uh, uh, I don't want to say like a, a Corona case where this will find its way on a streaming sooner rather than later. There's a lot more titles that are, so that'd be like pretty, pretty dope. It, uh, uh, I'd love it if it, if it did. Oh, it's, yeah, cri- really it's on Criterion this month. I, I really have to be like, with everything going on, I got to be really like, you know, delicate with how many different streaming services that I'm signing up for. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm about yeah. to like have 10. <laughs> I'm not on Criterion. <laughs> I've heard a lot of good things about it, but um, it definitely, I, I did see that cover that it had. I thought it was pretty cool. Just, yeah. Now I want to learn how to paint. Like I really, really do. Des, could you teach me? Teach you, like me personally, teach you. Yeah, teach just some basics. Oh, no, I don't don't think we should teach you anything. Although, although, I feel like it would be pretty entertaining. I feel like her teaching the three of us (laughs) would be a pretty hilarious thing to document. (laughs) Colby, you know what is on Netflix is Bob Ross episodes. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah, you can watch episodes of Bob Ross. Honestly, I, I I have a um I, I cannot do that because they played that in my elementary school detention. So like, oh, I, I, yeah, oh. yeah. So like, really I couldn't. Like, I'm, I'm mentally Although, yeah if it tortured were by Deadpool that. Deadpool as Bob Ross. Come on, that would be pretty interesting. Just give it a little flick. <laughs> <laughs> give it a little flick. <laughs> Yo, so let's go ahead and get to the report card for Celine Skayama's A Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, starting off with our guest, El Dun de Don. What you got? And this, you guys do out of 10, is that correct? That is yes. correct. We do, we, we do the one that everyone should do. Colby, I'm going to give it a nine. Hey! <laughs> Shama. Uh, 9.5. Shama's been waiting forever. Raul, what you got? I'm giving it a nine. Nine. All right. Mrs. Nevado. I'm giving it a nine as well. I am giving this film a ten out of ten. Like I don't know. I just I, I love it. There's, there's, Listen, there's nothing that I can I, there's nothing that I can like say, oh, it didn't do it for me. Like I, I just I man. So no, I, I you know I actually love 
that you gave it a 10. Yeah, me too. I, I actually really like that. Uh, so the cumulative scorecard here on M Report. It's is, just a nine because it's like a 9.3. That's a 9.3. Yeah, well, it's a nine. I mean, that's it's a, a 9.3. It's below five. All right, 9.3. Sure. Have you guys, have you guys ever had a point something, like point three? Uh, uh, all the time. Yeah. You know what? When we originally did this, we didn't want to have decimals, but I think Shama like messed it up and started giving decimal scoring. From the get-go, I wanted decimals. Decimals <sighs> are inevitable when you um, do averages. I mean, yeah. Unless you round. But I don't like rounding. You know what? Because I like accuracy. That needs to be a song. Decimals are inevitable. <laughs> yo shout out to our special guest thank you so much Lindsay, for coming to hang out with us we really really do appreciate it where can the folks and listeners of mr be able to find you and your work i am at one the number one of my stories on twitter also my personal website one of my stories.com and i'm also now writing for the elements of madness Ooh. Elements of Madness. Is that, is, that a, is that a website? It is. Ooh. Okay. Got to make sure to check it out. So make sure you do the official librarian of MR solid. Give her a follow. Follow all her work. You can also give my man a follow, our favorite Egyptian. Shama, where can people follow you at? At Mohammed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You got anything coming up this week, brother? You going to Disney? I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Actually, what a jerk. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I wish. But uh, He's working. Re- lately, I'm just like posting my uh, the photos I take. I took at uh, at Walt Disney World and at Disneyland on Instagram. You get ridiculous likes. And it's like I'm getting ridiculous amount of likes, which is like I'm like unprecedented. You know, like a thousand likes. Like another one, I got like seven hundred, and I got like hundred followers in two days. You know, so oh it's like, Ooh. yeah, it's pretty dope, Dre. What's up, girl? Where can people find you and your work at? You can find me at Ezer Photo on Instagram. That's E-Z-E-R. And I just, I mean, I've had a lot of time on my hands, so I've just uploaded a bunch of new blogs. So Ooh, check out the site. of photos, which you can just find it through my Instagram. I won't. That's not a problem at all. I wonder if people are going to be like, yo, I want to like, I want to immortalize this time in our lives right now of the coronavirus and like, want like corona photos done or something like that. There's been a few brides who have been posting their elopement photos oh, with man, the like, masks on. Really? Yeah. When, when you say corona photos, I'm picturing like people are like like deathly ill and they're like, come take photos of me as my nose is. You know that's such like a, a millennial Gen Z thing to do. Oh, man. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of which, Mr. McDuck, where can the people find you? And by that, he means Raul. <laughs> He's done it so often, people know now. And he and, and he actually he tweets at me, Mr. McDuck, the Raul Nevado. <laughs> uh, you can find me at the Raul Nevado on Instagram, on Twitter. And yo, you can follow your boy. I'm on all the socials at Kobe told me on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm on Facebook at Kobe Mac. This has been great talking about an amazing film. Go out and catch it and let us know what you think. And hey, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This has been yours, Minority Support. Peace.